bang, oh, yes. record, bang. Yeah. All right. Well, this is Campfire Football mixing up with the soccer subs. I got a deep, deep crew on today. This is good. We're going to get all kinds of opinions. Hopefully, hopefully some varied ones. Hopefully we don't all think the same thing. But basically, as a France fan, having watched the quite amazing uh, crumble in the last 10 minutes of the game, but also a shocking performance up until a Hugo Lloris save. I was uh, really disappointed as a fan. And I think, and I'm just gonna say this, call it out from the very beginning. I think any neutral who was able to see France turn it on for 20 minutes is probably a little disappointed that that group of players is no longer in the competition to continue to offer us that level of spectacle because I personally don't think any other team has shown that they can do that. But you got to play the whole 90 minutes, right? So if you don't do that, you lose. Guys, uh, I have five questions I want to go through. I mentioned them to you already. Let's let let's get into them. The first one, why did France lose? Why did Switzerland win? We can go ahead and I think if you guys want, you can take one side of it. You can take both sides of it. But say what you feel. Kyle, let's start with you. So uh, watching that game, I, I remember thinking to myself, the moment Rodrigue, Ricardo Rodriguez stepped up to the pen, I was like, yeah, there goes good from here or bad. You know, they were up 1-0. If they scored the pen, it would have been 2-0 against a France team that wasn't going to let down in the 79th minute. And uh, when, I, when, I, when I saw him step up for the penalty, I was like, it's going to go France's way for sure. Football is cruel. It's beautiful, but it's cruel at the same time. Hugo Lloris goes and makes that save, and I think that that at that moment, I think France got too much of themselves that they went on and scored two goals in two minutes. And for me, I was like, it's it's game over. But like you said earlier, football is a game of ninety minutes, not to the seventy ninth, because we've seen <laughs> a whole many games where you know the team that would come out dominant ends up losing. I think France, I think, played to the 79th minute, scored the two goals after, and called it a game. But Switzerland, really, I think, uh, we talked about it earlier, that the positioning of the players where, where they split the defense and the guy number 16, I forgot his name, who ran through, straight through, one-on-one -on -one with Lloris, that's, that's not something you, you, you pull out, out of your hat. That's something you train. And I think Switzerland really trained for that specific moment against uh, tight France team. Nice. Who who wants to take the next one? I I, I want to go with inspiration here. Who's who, who's feeling like they want to jump out and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, listen. I think the reason France lost is just because at this point in the tournament, France were their biggest enemies. They're their own enemy. I think prior to the tournament starting, everyone not a single person didn't have France as a finalist in their bracket, you know, all those fantasy leagues, um, all of them. And they're just such a talented squad who clearly didn't have, to put it into lack of better words, just a sense of unity amongst that team. And you could clearly see that with the whole drama coming afterwards, with the whole Rabiot situation, with the whole Mbappe situation, with the whole Bogba situation, all that nonsense going on in the stands this team clearly lacks unity and switzerland on the other hand they played as a team they played as a collective they you know they didn't give up you know most teams you're down 3-1 to such a star-studded squad like france you're gonna give up 
most teams, but not these collective players. They played as a team, they played as a unit, and they got that win. They went down to penalties, and it came down to the, you know, that's a beautiful game for you. came down to the very last penalty. Mbappe, as talented as you are, you were humbled. <laughs> you were humbled. And listen, at the end of the day, Switzerland, props to this amazing team. So much props. Love it. Who wants next? I mean, I have to agree with Eric with uh, the fact that France has been grossly inconsistent and have lacked leaders both on the pitch and I think on the sideline because Deschamps, I think, is a little bit inept when it comes to trying to figure out how he wants to position his best players and try to get the best out of them. And to be quite honest, I think Caio had a very solid point when he said that Rodriguez's penalty had to have been a turning point of the game. And personally speaking, I had seen uh, Rodriguez miss a pen against the USA in a friendly before the start of the tournament. So it's like in the back of my head, I knew something was like up. I like sniffed, like not a comeback, but I just thought he'd whiff it. I wasn't expecting no three goals, you know, two goals in three minutes. Sorry. And uh, I have, I, I don't want to sound like I'm not giving enough praise to the Swiss, but France were their worst enemy. They, they just shot themselves in the foot and, almost every way possible like and I think a lot of people are going to point to Pogba's sub error I guess but I think he was their second best player on the field like throughout the entire match if not Benzema I'd have to give it to Pogba but a lot of people are gonna, just going to focus in on that one mistake that led to to a goal for for the Swiss to lead that little comeback love it <clears throat> okay Sebastian well, no, 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 you go ahead, Renny. I just wanted to echo what kind of what Eric said. Yeah, I think the big reason for me was just I think the lack of unity. And I think I just wanted to bring up real quick. I think there was already a little bit of sense of, you know, some locker room drama or I'm not sure what it was where uh, Giroud in public called out. I believe it was Mbappe saying, you know, he doesn't pass me the ball. Uh, that's probably not a good look in the media. But, um, you know, I really just think that the, the lack of unity was there. And I feel like Switzerland just really turned it on in the second half. They didn't give up. I want to give them full props for that. Um, and most importantly, I think, you know, I, I got this question actually the other day in regards to like, did France lose this game, you know, to themselves or did Switzerland take that game? And I really got to go with France probably lost themselves the game because they were obviously up 3-1. Um, I'm not sure like, well, like what Gallo said, I'm not sure if they just got too full of themselves. I know that Pogba goal was a banger, but I don't know, man. If you if I put it on paper, I mean, this team is probably one of the best teams. It is probably the best team in the world on paper. Benzema, Mbappe, the whole the whole lineup is a is the whole roster is a is a lineup. But I really think, man, they just shot themselves in the foot in the second half. All right, Christian, you want to close it out? Hey, man. Yes, uh, basically number fourteen for Switzerland. That's the reason why they lost. First of all, he's the one that created the assist. So the number nine can score that header. I feel so bad for Linglet because he looked really bad on that play. Uh, and then for the penalty, he's the one that made the run and created it. I I, I got to be honest. I've never seen that guy play, but I will want Zuber, him on my team. Right? Is yes, Zuber? Steven Zuber. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. And uh, collectively, I think uh, France was just, you know, I think they were hoping they were uh, Switzerland was going to bunker. Uh, but they didn't, and they took the game to them. And I think you need that tenacity to play these games. And they kind of froze until that missed penalty, which was weird. Like, again, it's like a roller coaster. Switzerland was really 
playing their game until the 55th minute. And then it comes back to France with two beautiful plays in less than five minutes. And Pogba scoring that beautiful goal that everybody's going to remember. But like I told the guys earlier, like you, everyone as an spectator, they were just thinking, oh, the game is over. 75 minute, uh, 79th minute, you don't see any plays. And boom, you know, you catch them sleeping and across from Mbappé again. Don't, and here's the, the reason why I think France lost. I don't know if it has to do much with the formation, but Rabiot looked lost in the last two goals. First of all, with Kimpembe, and the third one, he's like yelling at him after the after the goal because Kimpembe is trying to cover Rabiot's guy and then leaving the middle wide open uh, for number 19 uh, to score the goal. So I think I'm not sure if uh, you know. I think everybody has some fault in this game, um, but uh, you can't fall asleep in three to one. I think the Shump tried to block that with Isoko. But uh, it, I think you can't play with two center. You had a yeah. Well, you had a formation of four and only two center backs. You're gonna be you're gonna be caught off guard one, one at one point. Yeah. Well, look here's here's what I'll say I, to answer the question to answer my own question and and, and round out because I think you guys gave some great points here. As a coach, because you know I'm a youth coach. When you coach youth players, you're not looking for extremely complex solutions to a problem. You're looking for what's the most simple thing that I can get through to the kids for them to understand, oh, I do this, that will change the tide of the game. What I noticed right after Hugo Lloris saves that penalty is France decided to start pressing Switzerland. They engaged way higher i mean they you had benzema you had mbappe griezmann they were actually pressing up to 25 yards 30 yards outside of the swiss goal outside of that from the missed penalty until pogba's goal in that period of time they pressed high they won the ball back they scored three goals the rest of the game they dropped super deep and Here's the big question. You guys have, we, we talked before, you guys have heard me as a Chelsea fan wax lyrical about one player, N'Golo Kante. Where has he been this tournament? I'll tell you where I think he's been. He's been told to sit in a midfield that waits. He plays for teams that go and hunt the ball. And so when you play a ball into the midfield and it's this little bit loose, he's there. But they didn't play to his strengths. And then apparently Pogba, this is something that came out in the French media. Apparently Pogba was really asking, he was saying, we want to push for the fourth goal. We want to go and bury this team. And Deschamps was like, drop in. So mm. some, some little, yeah, it's a little foreshadowing for how that might go. I'd say, do you have maybe, I mean, you let put, put your French media cap on. <laughs> you, you work for the French media. You got the badge. You're sat down in TV and they tell you, come up with a scape, scapegoat. You need to come up with who do you think is responsible for this loss? And it, it can be a player. It can be a coach. But obviously, there's only one coach you can go to um, unless you want to go at the physios for the amount of injuries. But I don't really. I don't really. <laughs> so, Eric, give me give me your who's your scapegoat for the France Switzerland game. Look, I, I, it's funny. I, I've talked about this with Christian uh, multiple times. It's uh, without a doubt, in my personal opinion, Didier Deschamps, without a doubt. Um, it's just, it, it's been mind-boggling the, some of the decisions he's made. You know, prior to the start of the Euros, you add this late introduction to Karim Benzema, who's, at first, I, like, I'm excited. I was excited. You know, I'm a Madrid fan. I, I, 
I love to see, you know, Benzema perform. I love to see him play. But to add him so late into the roster, like, I was, I was, I was a bit curious. But I'm okay. Let me, let me give it a chance. Then at the start of the tournament, you know, yes, they got the win away with um, Germany. But um, it was very a stagnant win. And you play against Hungary. You tie against Hungary. The whole tournament, they've been playing, like, very, very conservative with the ball. They, they, um, they wait until the very last minutes. They have, like, 70 minutes of dull football and then, like, the last 20 minutes in intervals where they play, you know, fantastic football. And then you have the champs who continues to switch formations every other game. And these players, they can't adjust. They, they, you know, you had – look, against Switzerland, yes, you were missing fullbacks and uh, Lucas Hernandez and Lucas Digne. But – you should prepare for scenarios like that. He brought in Lenglet at a three-man back formation who was clearly so uncomfortable. He played Pavard as a wide, as a fullback, a wide fullback, who was just getting decimated by Zubo. It was just so many things that went wrong. Griezmann, Griezmann was probably one of the hardest working players on that pitch that day. He subbed them off for who? Sissoko? When you can easily take a who? You can take out Mbappe, who was... I'm sorry, Mbappe. Look, I love the player, but he was having a stinker. Come on. Yeah. He was just missing so many chances. Look, a lot of things went wrong. Some plays go down to the players, but I think the champs... I, I don't know. I don't know. Zidane, listen, Zidane is in the market. That's all I have to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, Guy, I think you're being too hard. I think uh, it's hard to say, you know, because... Uh, France had everybody had France in the top four, so and for them to go out like that. But one thing that caught my eye after it was people were blaming Mbappe for the for the loss of him losing the pen, and for for like a dumb reason. For me, it surprised me. I remember one of my buds, who's a big France fan too, said that the main reason why Mbappe lost that pen was because of Neymar. Neymar, who he's been playing with all this season hasn't been ha having the best like leader for Mbappe. They're saying that he's he's like his attitudes Mbappe's copying it. You know, his uh apparently Mbappe Mbappe did miss a few shots. Apparently he flopped a few times. But I I don't I don't think that's, you know, Mbappe is the one to blame for. He missed the pen. And uh but for a player like Mbappe, he's like 21. He could grow. He needs this to grow. You see Ronaldo back in the last uh, his first Euros when when he he lost with Portugal, and I, I think it's there's there's always room for improvement. But the media when the media could just manipulate everything, and and we see that with the France squad what they have right now. I think the main man to blame for it's it's always going to come down to poor management. The Champs, he's he's not leaving unless they get Zidane. And uh, with with like uh, with their squads, like the the starting lineups, I don't I don't remember the last time we've had two teams where it was a three back against a four back. Like England game, it was a three back. Germany started with the three back. England went automatically for the three back. France saw Switzerland play the three back. They automatically went to the three back. It's that it's an evolution, you know. You you don't play a four back against a three back because you're at a disadvantage from the start of the game. But I think the the main reason the main for for the for the media, I think Mbappe has you know to take this and consider it and you know evolve because you know that's how that's the best thing he could do to become the best. Just evolve. I love the Brazilian perspective there, Kyle. That's brilliant. That's great. <laughs> Christian, what do you think? 
Hey, I uh, sorry, but I have to say that Rabiot just disappointed me on the on the last minutes of the game. Uh, but in general, as a team, they they were the reason why they lost. I like I said, you can't just wait for to play fifty five minutes and then and then try to, you know, be phenomenal for twenty. And I think the whole team, including the Shams, is part of the reason. Uh, I think Eric is being too harsh on the Shams because that was pretty ballsy for him to take out a center back and put Coleman in. And it worked for him, so I, I I think you know bringing bringing the the, the whole game back, uh, it, it just comes to defending and being the they're missing a leader. Kimpembe was was could he be the leader? I'm not sure because that's one the, that's one of the reasons why they get the, they let uh, Swiss score those two last goals. So you know I I think that in general as a team they need to look at themselves in the mirror and see who can I rely on Pogba. I love him. He could be a leader, but you're dancing on your goal. And for me, that's disrespectful. Carles Puyol, you've seen this video, I'm pretty sure, where he picks up the players. You see that the players are dancing. Hey, let's go back in the game where we still haven't won it. You got to be on it. That, those are the th you don't want those type of leadership. You want someone who said, I, I like that, that, that I didn't know that Pogba was saying, hey, let's press for more. Yeah, we need to see more of that. Unfortunately, the only thing that we saw on TV was just, you know, practicing his new dance move. So... I don't know. A lot of things that need to be looked at because France definitely can be a top contender for, for the next World Cup tournament. Vas, what do you think? Love it. Love it, Christian. That's great. Dance. So initially, I had seen that Mbappe missed the penalty. And as a fan, sometimes we become a little bit reactionary. I was going to be like, oh, it was just Mbappe's fault. But it was just Mbappe's fault. Uh, a lot of you guys had to, to point the finger to the Shams, which I'll have to do the same because the team's biggest strength so ha just so happens to be their biggest uh, weakness, which is individual quality. And it takes a lot to lose with that amount of quality players from the roster from top to bottom, from the goalies to the midfielders. It takes something special and not in a good way. And besides just the, the penalty miss for Mbappe, I think he had a pretty quiet tournament. Because leading into it, a lot of people were, were going to say that he's the next Henri. He's primed, you know, for a breakout tournament. So, like I said, initially I was thinking Mbappe, but Deschamps just got it all wrong, man. Like, he had a Rabio, I think, <laughs> playing as a left wing back. Like, his like his heat map, I think, just showed that he was not defending. Like <laughs> He wasn't. At all. Yeah, he was not he defending. Was. And it's just insane that we had – a huge lead just blown off of little it, it you could see it on the field i don't know it was like the players are just picking at each other and after the game we saw the the media just exposed that there's just been bickering within the squad people pointing fingers and that comes from a lack of leadership and that all starts from your head coach if he can't control the team everyone's gonna do whatever they want and i really feel bad for for conte because sebastian you had brought up a very good point they left him out on an island, man. Like, I know he counts as two players, but in a 4-1-4, four, four, you know, like one, it's kind of like he's not going to do everything. You know, he needs some sort of support. So I'd have to, to give a solid blame to Mr. Deschamps. Ronnie, want to close it out? That's excellent, boss. Yeah, really I think I'm, I'm pretty quick on this one, man. I, I mean, I'm going to definitely echo, you know, 
poor management on, on Deschamps just because on the Hungary game and the Portugal game, you know, he had four in the back and now he switches it up to, to three in the back against Switzerland. I'm not sure if he underestimated Switzerland in, in that kind of a sense. But uh, I'm also probably just going to throw in the defense in there, man. I mean, uh, Varane, Leglet, and Kipembe, I think the better out of the three. But, um, you know, that first goal um, was pretty much Leglet got caught ball watching right there. And the, <laughs> and the goal in the 81st minute, the the – the striker beat or the, the, the guy who scored the goal beat, beat Baran. So, um, you know, I think it was his poor defending in the second half as well. Um, and I really just think going back to management again, going back to Deschamps, I think, I think he really just underestimated the opponent. I think, you know, maybe after that, the, the three, one lead, I think he, he, he got, they got too comfortable, uh, again, going back to unity as a team, but, uh, obviously, uh, it all goes back to the manager. And so I'm going to go with the and, and, and defending. Well, I, I, so, for me, it's it's Didi Deschamps. It's Didi. I, I mean, I, I I heard something amazing. I was listening to Gavin Jules' podcast earlier today, and Julien Laurent he said that in a press conference, Didi Deschamps recently was saying, you know, it's really interesting. There's teams at this tournament that they're hard to analyze because when they have the ball, they take up one formation, and when they don't, they switch to a different one. Um, I try to do that with my 14 year old kids who are not even elite players. That is a shocking statement to hear from the France coach who, by the way, has a team that should be so malleable. Um, for me, look, it's, it's, it's almost so stupidly simple. All three goals come from a giant lack of pressure. Um, the, the penalty, the run that Zuber goes on guys, any of you been a defender or a midfielder what what he was allowed to do there i could throw four different players under the bus and be like you 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 and you you didn't do your job (laughs) you you let him run away you you let him face forward pogba's trying to cut off a pass backwards instead of pressuring the guy he goes oh okay cool i'll just i'll just go that way i mean it, it was shocking level of not pressing the ball and the the worst thing you can do against a team that is not going to actually try and play through you because i think france approached this the same way they'd be playing belgium okay it's going to be crafty it's going to be kdb it's going to be the hazard brothers it's going to be Dries mertens it's going to be lukaku they're going to try and play through us we've got to be compact solid and we can wait for them well switzerland grant jack is getting the ball at the bottom of the center circle and he looks up and Pogba and Kante are told to back away from him. So now you've got Granite Xhaka looking like a Swiss Leo Messi, just <laughs> pinging balls. Yeah, and, and it was amazing the amount of co- problems that that caused. And so for me, it has to be Didier Deschamps because especially from what we've heard, Paul Pogba, after he scored his goal, he was like, oh, let's, like, let, let's keep the party going. Like, I want to just finish this. And to have the coach say, no, 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 everyone drop in. Let's go back to what we were doing until Yoris essentially saved our asses and we were playing terribly. Let's go back to that and hope that that works for the next 10 minutes. And then, like I said, you it, how you don't take the leash off a player like N'Golo Kante. And I, I think I think Vas was, was, you know, echoed that well. I think it's it's just so... So frustrating. I think Kylian Mbappe, 
what he deserves, I think, a little bit of criticism for, from my opinion, is obviously not the penalty miss because a penalty miss is a penalty miss. I mean, I missed, I missed one of only three from U11 to U18. I missed three penalties. One was the very last one in high school, my senior year. Right. Like, and I scored a hell of a lot before that. So, you know, it happens. Roberto Baggio, whatever we, we, we can go down the list. I it's really disappointing. The chance that he gets on his right foot to curl it into the far side in, 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 in extra time. And he lets it come to his left and then shanks it out like a average Sunday league player. It was bizarre. <laughs> right. Um, so here, here's what I would love to know. What, what was your what was your favorite like moment emotionally of the match? Not just, Oh yeah, I enjoyed that. But like what really got you as a football fan, just really, really jazzed up for this. So why don't we go uh, back to front this time? Ronnie, go ahead. All right. Uh, for me, I, I got to go with the, with the Pogba banger, man. Um, to me, it was just a beautiful ball. And to me, that was the moment of like game over. But boy, was I wrong. Um, as a football fan, I mean, <laughs> as a football fan, I mean, it was it was one to watch. It's one for the books, and that's what makes this game. That's what makes the game a beautiful, a beautiful game. Um, you know, just the fact that it's a game in ninety minutes, like what was said earlier. But uh, to me, that was the one, the moment that stood out to me from the game. Um, also, just also uh, on a side note, just seeing Benzema, you know, back in the national uh, national team after like five years is unbelievable. So um, just seeing him score those goals as well. But the Pogba banger to me is top notch. So, Bats, what do you think? Uh, I think that Pogba banger is literally what us football fans like live for you know it's like makes you sound like a weirdo you make one of those noises like whoa it was a goal you know but i would have to say as uh, a simple man i think the harris seferovic opener that header was just capping off a great run of play from the passing to the, the the run into the goal and it looks like a simple finish but takes a lot to jump over a uh, World Cup winner, Varna, and, you know, connect to beat another World Cup winner in Loris. You know, it, it was impressive, even though it was simple. I just, I really <laughs> like that opener. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a, a nice left foot across. And Zubar was phenomenal, as Christian had mentioned before. He was player of the match, in my opinion. Well, Vas, you know, I, I completely agree. Actually, what I think is most impressive about that header is the way he sees that Longley is still getting himself set and he gives him just a little bump. And mm. then it's just like, oh, now I got a free header. And that's a very clever skill to be able to know how to do that without fouling the guy, see them just a little bit off balance and just give them a nudge. I, yeah, totally agree. I think there was something nice about that goal. But yeah, obviously. Okay, go ahead. Christian, what do you think? Uh, I There are too many to choose from. But I think what describes most is that Sissoko Cross and Coleman hitting the post in the last second of the game. That 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 sums it up. Uh, that tells me like, okay, Francis just probably not gonna win today. Uh, yeah, that it, it was a roller coaster game. I think if they would have played like they played in the last minute, they probably would we wouldn't even be talking about a Switzerland uh, quarterfinal match. What a moment! Yeah, talk about a buzzer beater. That would have been right. <laughs> Kyle, what was your favorite moment? So uh, I remember watch, watching the game and my dad coming down. He's like, what, what, is, is that player drinking Coke? 
in the middle of the hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was granny it was granny shock and luckily we, we could say right now you know there's only one team making money off of that and it's hard you know, you know I usually if I put 20 million on him because <laughs> I, th I think Arsenal just just denied that they were gonna sign Locatelli for 30 when they have shock was worth 50 after that game but just that leader you know you no one I, it's hard to see somebody step up and to be in the center of the circle, usually you don't see a, a captain in the center of a circle talking like how he did. He wasn't talking. He was yelling to them. And if I understood Swiss, I think if I, I, would, I would probably know what he was saying, that, you know, we made it this far and they're going to win it. And I, I'm sorry if, you know, for all the French fans, but, you know, that, <laughs> that, that man pulled that he, – he played so well. And I think for him, he deserves it because, you know, his future isn't – his future, he still – it's – I think Mourinho wants him. Mourinho was after that guy, that captain, and after that game, I think he could fit into any team, and I think Arsenal should probably keep on to him, but, you know, what he did in that game, you know, from passing the ball in the midfield and just being that leader right before the pens, drinking a Coke, you know, I don't know if it was for the meme or not, but uh, that was the moment. <laughs> you know, and honestly, also, I, I agree, that moment where he's yelling, uh, to all the players in the circle before the penalty shootout, I remember being like, Yo, they're totally ready for this, man. They are way too ready for this. And as soon as we went into the shoot, I was like, Yuris is not good at saving penalties. So he's just another <laughs> David De Gea. I think we're good. we're in trouble. So all right, Eric, what was your favorite moment? Oh man. I mean, it's hard to narrow it down. I'd say two of them. One was the penalty that Switzerland earned that you know, Ricardo Rodriguez obviously failed, but just the buildup to get that penalty, you clearly saw the issues going on defensively with France. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, listen, France are just awful defensively. Even if they manage to win this tie, they're going to struggle against whoever they face next. Secondly, believe it or not, Mbappe missing because the first thing, the goalkeeper didn't celebrate. He paused because... Honestly, from my perspective, it looked like he moved off the line and my heart dropped. I'm like, no, don't tell me they're going to retake the penalty. I was, as a football fan, I was terrified. I'm like, no, no, please, no. But then as soon as they started celebrating, oh, man, a sigh of relief. I was happy. You love seeing underdogs win, man. You know, and actually, I'm glad you bring that up. Give Summer the presence of mind to be like, guys, don't celebrate yet. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Okay, it's all good. We're good. Let's go to the fans. Woo! And then, that, that was that was excellent. All right, so I'll tell you my favorite moment as a France fan. It was it's kind of a it's kind of a weird one because look, the Pogba banger he, he comes in second, um, mostly for that one view that we got right after he hit it and he scored. It was like a camera view from ground level from behind him and you could see the fans in the background there's like 10 <laughs> and ladies and everyone's just got their hands on their head they're not even just like yeah they're like oh my goodness because it capped off something amazing the first goal by benzema is ooh la la oof. that skill is the control uh, it's unbelievable and it's and it's very much instinct based you don't think ahead too much of it you know you got to reach around once you know you get the contact that's going on this side of your leg versus this side of your leg you got to readjust and then to tap it in with the outside of the left that was great but for me the major moment was 90 seconds later because they scored a goal that i felt okay you guys saved the penalty dodged a bullet now you've scored a goal you essentially don't really deserve 
But then it was just this stardust quality, this thing that just it, it seemed like it was it came from complete football genius instincts. That second goal, the way they created that combination, Griezmann gets through, chips it, Summer gets the header. And when him, when Benzema heads it in, he starts running to the side. And I and I was like, I cannot believe what I'm watching right now. And he looks behind him to see if the if there's a flag up, realizes there isn't, and shakes his head. Like he starts shaking his head, and then he starts pounding his his chest, like pounding the the, the badge. And I was like, Benzema's gonna freaking save us. Benzema's gonna be the hero of this tournament like in the end like the call to bring him back is going to look like the greatest thing ever and i could see the emotion that it meant to him to get that second goal because the first one was to equalize the second one was just like oh my god we're in dreamland maybe and then pogba scores and it was it was a football party for 20 minutes but that second goal um, the emotions that I had as a fan when I saw that go in were, were bizarre. They were bizarre. I, I, I was I was having trouble to like just understand what was going on. Yeah, the go kart versus the F one car. That's exactly right. <laughs> this is the difference between what you would get from Giroud and what you get from Benzema. Benzema pulled out. I mean, I think he was excellent in the team. And actually, this is what leads me to. I, I, we'll go to the final question here because actually we've covered a lot of the things. But what about? Didier Deschamps calls for the future. Okay. There's a few topics to think about here. You've got Hugo Lloris, who's 33 years old. And I think Mike Mignon, who's absolutely probably better right behind him, maybe not a captain, but you don't need Lloris as a captain anymore. You've got plenty of other players that can do that. What do you do with Rabio? His mom is a freaking nightmare. <laughs> um, what do you do with that? What do you do with that situation? Cause I, if, if for people who don't know, Adrian Rabio's mother was literally talking crap to Kylian Mbappe's father, the Pogba brothers, and, and just telling everyone that their kids were not doing well. I mean, it's the nightmare parent you hear about on a youth sideline, but in a professional stand. Do you bring Rabio back if that's the baggage you're going to get? Who, who should be the leader of this team? Right now, apparently, Antoine Griezmann thinks he should be or thinks he is. Mbappe thinks maybe he should be. I think and I think Pogba's got a claim to actually be that, right? Um, There's some big calls for the future for France. In 16 months, they've got a World Cup title that I'm sure they feel they can defend. Judging by what we saw when they go for it and turn it on, this team is still, I think, the best in the world. But what is it that is going to make them go to the quality that they can bring in those 20 minutes we saw? Or are we going to see 2010 levels of we're sitting on the bus, we're not training, and we are out of this tournament? <laughs> because as a France fan, I know it all. In 2002, we went with Ghibli Cissé, top goal scorer of the French League, David Trezeguet, top goal scorer of the Italian League, and Thierry Henry, top goal scorer of the English League. And we came with that many goals from the 2002 World Cup. So what do France need to do to avoid this what are the big calls that need to be made to go somewhere here eric take it away real quick oh wow um i've actually you know i've I've thought about this uh i'm a bit conflicted because prior to this of course you know you know my stand i blame the chomps but 
I'm conflicted. Do I want him leaving this national team with the World Cup a year away, with about 60 months away? Do I want him leaving that? Do I want to risk it all and bring in Zidane? I've never been a big fan of managers leaving when, especially when, like, you know, whether, whether a season's going to start, whether it's mid-season, whether you have a, you know, big tournament, big tournament coming up. I've never been a big fan of that. Personally, some things France need to do better are definitely introduce more maturity amongst some of these players. Bogba has all the qualities to become a leader of this team. Just a bit, he has to be a bit more humble. You know, stop, you know, I guess the dancing is for the fans. You know, I don't blame them, but... <laughs> You know, just be be humble. Know when to be humble because it came back to bite him. Mbappe, you have the world in your hands. You have it in your hands. But just <laughs> know when to pass the ball. Know when to, you know, don't play too much hero ball. You know, I'm thinking of a, a French captain at the moment, and I, I see a lot of quiet players. I don't see Varane one. He's very soft-spoken. I don't see. I wish I could see an Angola Kante be captain this team, but he's also very soft spoken. You know, a lot of these players are. Mbappe, I think, is far too young. In my opinion, it's between these three players: Karim Benzema, who's also a bit soft spoken, but I can see it; Antoine Griezmann, or Paul Pogba. Out of the three, I favor Paul Pogba, but obviously, he does need to be a bit more mature to captain this side. Secondly, I think they definitely need to introduce more more young blood. You know, Theo Hernandez. Fantastic fullback, an amazing season with AC Milan. Bring him on, um, Sebastian. I definitely agree with you. Uh, Mike Nan from Leo. I can't pronounce his name as well as you do. Mike you know? Mignon, but <laughs> Mike Mignon for sure. You know, definitely bring him in. There's a lot of other French talents. Lenglet, you know, try out Upamecano. Unfortunately, France are just oh, they have so much rich talent. You know, Lenglet, give him a break. Try out Upamecano. He's fantastic. He had a great season for Leipzig. Introduce this young blood. You have a year and a, a about a year and a half to prepare. Don't take these friendly games for granted. Definitely try the best you can do. Honestly, France on paper, in my opinion, the best squad in the world. I look forward to seeing what they can do. I will go, Bas. What do you think? That was a lot you covered, Eric. Solid point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, initially going to say, uh, I was initially going to agree with you with uh, the the Deschamps uh, firing maybe too close to World Cup, and it might just throw a chink into the chain of a squad that is, let's not say they're cohesive, but more cohesive than a new manager coming in trying to implement his own tactics. But what I've seen from a national team perspective, whether it's not just France, but any national team, you don't need to have the most skilled managers in the world to get good results. You can look at anyone from Croatia's manager being a nobody and coaching in Qatar, I believe. He was like an Al-Ali manager. He was there for several years before he took the job for Croatia and made a World Cup final. So I think getting rid of the Shams is the biggest thing, that the, the first thing you have to do, because there's no excuse. There is no excuse behind you losing a tournament as a World Cup defender with a squad as talented as you were given. And I think if they should, if they were to bring in a new head coach, I'm not sure if I would bring in a Zidane. I think maybe the players would listen to him, but I think that they should take a little bit more of a Italy approach and try to get guys like Mike Mignon who are playing in league, uh, guys who are actually performing and want to play for the national team, not just feel like they're entitled to play for the national team. Guys like maybe Mbappe who, I think Eric and Caio pointed out have been maybe picking up on a few bad habits from Neymar. 
whether it's his attitude. I, I just think that he has to, if he is going to be part of this France team, which he is, you know, he's the most talented player in the world, possibly young player in the world, aside from Messi. I'm sorry, Eric, you probably don't want to hear that. <laughs> but guys, I, I don't know. I think uh, they should try to look within Liga, get a few young players to try to integrate into this very talented squad. And I think Pogba should be the captain. He had a big money move. Maybe wasn't the most successful. He's always on the verge. Every transfer window, he, he's going to leave. He's going to stay. No one really knows. But I think for the French team, he's always performed. And that one little bit of, of uh, information that I think Sebastian had touched on when uh, they had gotten the third goal and he was trying to press up, that shows leadership. Like, more of that will be phenomenal from him. And, you know, if we're bringing in guys like Benzema... Not to sound like a homer because I'm going to be a close fan, but why not bring in Matteo Valbuena, you know? If Deschamps is, he's, you know, he's just bringing back the old squad. Might as well bring back Valbuena, you know? He's having a phenomenal two years there. Yeah, get there. the band together. Let's let's see if yeah, we can heal well, all the right, old relationships from the breakup from 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. That's a, um, okay, so Christian, give us, give us, your, give us your side. Look, Deschamps at the end of the game, he said that, hey, it's, it's just part of the game. It's football. They lost the game. It happens to, to, to everyone. So I, I, I don't think we can be so dramatic because they are the current World Cup champions. Uh, Deschamps, I'm not sure if the media is hyping this problem up in regards to team management. If it is, then it probably might be a better idea to to bring in somebody who can manage these egos. Uh, then, you know, talking about players, uh, Hernandez has to play. I mean, I think he would have, if he would have played this game, obviously, if he would have, right? Uh, I think it would have been a different score. Uh, someone who, who who can fit the, the, the idea of what he wanted to do. Um, in regards to, like, offensive uh, offensive power, they have it. We obviously saw that. That combination plays between elite players who know how to combine inside the box, outside the box. They have it. Offensively, they're great. Midfield, like you said, Kante was the reason why he scored, why they scored that first goal. He's the one that won the second ball and made, uh, find a way to, to, to find Mbappe and then to Benzema. So I think it's it, it, France is still a top contender, uh, maybe some pieces, and especially the team management. That has to change. I'm not sure if it's going to be with the Champs, but if it is with Zidane, uh, Zidane has proven that he can do that as well. Love it. Ronnie, close us out on that one. That, that question uh no a lot of good takes uh sebastian i mean and we've mentioned it before you know on previous episodes on our show as well but you know this france team is built on some amazing talent superstars and like christian just mentioned egos and i just don't know if the champs has a good grasp on his players so i really would think a change in manager would probably be my best course of action in my opinion um you know, I still think they're a top contender again for the World Cup, for sure. The, the talent is there. I hope they could take this lesson and take it to the World Cup because I, I still think they could probably win the World Cup or at least get to the final uh, on, on paper from what they have. But uh, in my opinion, you know, I just don't think he may have the best grasp on these players, on playing team ball. Um, you know, even throughout the Portugal game, throughout the Hungary game, and even in this last game, I feel like I did see some individual individual ball instead of some team ball. 
Um, and I mean, uh, and Sebastian, just to answer your question also on the, on the Rabiot's mom, I didn't even know that his mom was his agent. <clears throat> so that was interesting <laughs> to me, but, uh, also, yeah. man, I, I think that's a distraction, man. You don't want as well. I mean, you know, what, what happens off the field is just as important as what happens on the field. Um, you don't want that kind of baggage. I don't know what the answer might be there, but I feel like, uh, Sebastian, there's a lot of distractions on this team. Uh, you know, there was, like I mentioned earlier, there was some uh, locker room drama. I'm not sure what you're rude or anything, but again, I think it comes to management, having a good grasp on the situations coming out, coming out of the locker room. And I don't know if Deschamps is just too much of a nice guy. Maybe he tries to take everyone's side, but I don't know. I think for me, a change in management might be not a bad course of action and probably try to get Zidane, but that's my take on that. Well, so guys, I'm going to agree with uh, anyone that said replace the coach and not because look, this is, this is Didier Deschamps. This is mm. a French hero. Like he is the captain of the 98 and 2000 team that won both those. He is the guy that brought the world cup back. Like he is, I, I think I, I have nothing bad to say about him and what he has accomplished. But what I look at is Fernando Santos wins the Euros in 2016 with Portugal. They've been average since, right? They, I mean, they bowed out of the World Cup limply to Uruguay. I remember that that, that round of 16 game. Yugi Love, what? After you crash out of the 2018 World Cup, how does that guy keep his job? I don't know, right? It's Starsky Stale. So there's these managers who win a big title, and they don't really want to leave because they're international managers managing their own national team. These guys are not guys who are like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go and take the uh, Rwanda job and, and, and test myself. These are guys who are very comfortable where they are. And the only way to rejuvenate the team, in my opinion, is to replace them because they have had their peak. I don't think France win the World Cup with Deshaun in charge next year. Not because he'll screw the whole thing up, but because, and this is, I think, a very interesting point. Well, um, Eric wrote this in our chat box here. He wrote Bambi, Mendy, Mignon, Teo Hernandez, Fafana, Upamecano, Awar. So many fresh players to bring and try. And here's the thing is, you have players like that you could bring. And Clément Langlais, who had I think, a very average season at Barcelona, is chosen in a back three over Kurt I play in a back three Zuma and Kurt Zuma. Do you think he gets beat by Seferovic for that header on the first goal? <laughs> I don't think so. Why you put the short guy in the middle of a back three? I'm not really sure. And, and you start to see this, right? Like think about a coach who loves to high press opponents, right? And you have those players at your disposal. Uh, I, I just, I have to agree. I think that, and, and look, Zidane has showed us that he can be a pretty damn good firefighter. I mean, Santiago Solari was burning down the burnabout and he came in and was just like, no big deal. Champions League, I'm back. It's all good, right? So I, I, I think it's a very interesting take. Look, French media, from what I have seen, a lot of things are falling sort of on Mbappe and the promise and the arrogance. Of course, everyone talks a little bit about Neymar because he plays in the French League, so they're very well aware of the impact he may have, which I think is a great point that Kyle made. Like, Think about this. How many penalties does Mbappe take? Not very many because Neymar takes absolutely all of them, right? So th these are interesting things to, to think about. And I, I just think it's a, it's a really, really fascinating topic to look at a team that everyone sees as 
no question, the most talented in the world with the most depth. People create a C team of France. Like here are the top 20. Here's the next 20. Here's the next 20. And those guys could win this tournament. Right. So from that list, from that list of players, those, those players that we've seen, Oh, Gignac and Tomba. Yeah. Bring them back. Bring them out of Tigres. <laughs> plug them right into the, into the world cup squad next year and got that. Let's do it. They're playing the Olympics. So no, I know. I know it's, it, it, I, I saw an amazing, it might've been lads that did this one actually. And you, you, cause you guys are the ones introduced me to lads, but it might've been them who did a meme of, um, it was Olivier Giroud. It, they said, uh, this is Andre Pierre Gignac at the Olympics. And it was Adam Sandler in the classroom of kids from um, Billy Madison when he's just like an adult sitting in just like all around all the children. So I, I just remember, I was like, that's absolutely brilliant. But I, I think it's a very interesting topic to cover because it's, it, the, you know, I, I look at Brazil in 06. Do you guys remember that squad? Okay. I don't know if I've ever still to this day, I don't think I know of an international squad to that level. I mean, we had Rivaldo, we had, we had the Ronaldo. There was Kaká in that team. Ronaldinho was in that team. Adriano was in that team. Roberto Carlos was in that team. I mean, it was just so stacked to the brim. But how on earth does a team like that go and win it? It takes a lot, I think, to to cap on that success. So I, I think it's a fascinating story. Everyone's going to be talking about what France can do in the World Cup next year for sure. But your guys' breakdown tonight here was excellent. I really, really think everyone's points absolutely terrific there's too, too many good takes to choose from so we're just gonna have to put them all out there um <laughs> while while we do this now that the favorites are out i want everyone in one word pick your euro 2020 slash euro 2021 winner all right eric start with you belgium gaio england christian it's coming home Vas. Italia. Ooh. Errani. <laughs> Italy. All right. I'm going to be a total contrarian hipster here and say Denmark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. It's a Denmark. I mean, we're, we're, we're going. We're going. That'd be, it's, that'd a be 90, beautiful. it's a it's a it's a 92 replay. We're going 20. You know, we're going 19 years back. It's it's Schmeichel. The Schmeichels double up. I'm telling you, this is the story. Christian Eriksen in the 48th minute goes down with cardiac arrest. The team heartbeat of the tournament. They come and win it. I mean, I, you can see all the headlines, can't you? You can see the stories and everything. It's just got that, like, it's a beautiful, it's a perfect beautiful story, gloss, man. doesn't it? Yeah, it'd be a beautiful fairy tale. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. This is Soccer Subs podcast, an amazing lineup. You guys, first of all, and, and I'm going to call this out because I've visited your show. Now you guys are on mine. I just want to say, this is a terrific podcast. You guys have done an amazing job ever since I started. I've been following you guys, the names you guys pull in, the people you talk to. But most importantly, and this is the key, you guys ask very quality questions to guests. You guys don't just ask fluff. You guys really get into the things that anyone would want to hear, whether you're a coach, a fan, 
or just anything soccer subs you guys are absolutely one of my favorite soccer podcasts no question maybe my favorite probably my favorite one done by the community right where you guys haven't been already working in the industry or been a pro or whatever i love so much what you guys do and the new faces vas and kayo nice to meet you yeah kayo vas it's my pleasure my pleasure thank you bro thank you and christian uh buena suerte para ecuador you know let's uh keep it going I, I I do hope so. Argentina press is, is actually a little bit scared of Ecuador, so that's a good sign. Yeah, good luck. Leo Messi is going to rip gonna you apart like he's ripped apart everyone else. He's just going to be a rough weekend. He's Leo Messi's got it all. It's it's. I mean, look, a Brazil Argentina final for the Copa America is kind of what everyone would love to see from a neutral perspective. Obviously, um, let let's hope for more. And then and then we got the Olympics coming up. Did anyone watch the U.S. Women tonight? No, uh, I missed it. We're recording. <laughs> oh, you were recording. I, they won uh, 3-0. 3-0. Uh, ch- check out the highlights. Tobin, he scores a pretty nice little special goal at the end, which is great. On her first touch of the ball after coming oh. back, having not played since December. So excellent stuff. Here's what I want to do. As we close this out, go ahead and you guys just introduce your Sucker Subs podcast. <laughs> As a crew, go for it, gentlemen. Don't be shy. Uh, <laughs> Everyone on you and get in on it. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for the support. Sebastian, thank you so much, man. Uh, we really appreciate us you, uh, you having us on your show and vice versa, man. Uh, yeah, check us out on Soccer Subs Podcast on Instagram. And usually Hugh does this, but yeah. Uh, and on uh, on our YouTube channel. And Christian, take it away, man. Yeah. No, I mean... It's always a pleasure to to hear Sebastian. I mean, more than anything, I think Eric said something earlier on the day. It's like, yo, I think you want to be in campfire football. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I would. Uh, no, but I, I do, <laughs> I do love your shows. Every single every single episode is just so good. Uh, we didn't know after you recorded with us. We didn't know that you have worked with the uh, Rapids Academy. No, no, right? the youth soccer club. I'm not in the academy. So there's the, the there's the academy and the pro organization, and then there's a youth club beneath it. I coach in the youth club. Yeah, the academy no, the academy awesome. is a, an amazing all boys club. By the way, you got your boy Marcelo Balbo. You guys interviewed. I've had some pretty interesting experiences seeing that guy, and and I and I hate to say this, and uh, well, no, I don't actually. His teams don't really play very well. They're not very good. Um, he's got way too much talent for what goes on. It's a Didier Deschamps situation at the U14 <laughs> Academy for Rapids. I'm just, I just have to say that. We didn't know. See, so they got some inside scoop. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I respect the man. I really do. But I, I have watched the team play, and I and I saw them get cleaned up by a team not as good as them. And I was like, this is this is coaching. This is coaching here. So, you know. But hey, we can be judgmental. We can all have opinions, right? <laughs> now nah, there's your promotion uh sebastian <laughs> yeah we'll see about that well especially if, if, I, if i run my mouth like this there's absolutely no way but that's the most fun part i'd rather run in the muck with 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 people like you guys with, with getting involved and talking about football and saying our opinions and feeling it and and this euro has been exceptionally special in so many ways i think we, we can all be so happy to have been able to essentially cover it and we, we've decided to cover it all of us and on to the quarterfinals so let's all enjoy keep your keep
keep your powder uh keep your powder going guys keep the creativity going get out there go to more soccer stuff and uh keep inspiring all the rest of us podcasters you guys are doing a great job so thank you to eric kyle boss ronnie and christian from soccer subs podcast have a lovely night this is campfire football